Welcome to the Football Ramble. We're watching Wigan in a Bayern-branded paddling pool. It's Wednesday the 15th of July. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Vidushan Hantaraja. It's not that sunny out there, though, is it? It's gone. The weather's turned officially. Jumper weather. Just yeah, as I that's acquired that. That's what I'm about. Yeah. Jumper weather. Just as I acquired the paddling pool. What's the <laughs> bloody point? What is the bloody more, point? More on the paddling pool later, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think we have yeah. a whole part dedicated to it, guys. Great. So stand by. Yeah. It's good because I, I can't swim, as I revealed to the WhatsApp group yesterday, to much derision and some, not a lot, of sympathy. It's an essential life skill. We're, in, we're living through a pandemic. There could be a situation where you need some survival skills. The only time I've ever thought it would be useful, aside from being thrown into the sea... Which <laughs> Does that happen? Doesn't happen too no, often, no. no. Um, but, you know, in zombie films, they always end up going away on a boat, don't they? Yeah. Because the zombies Safe can't swim. So yeah. I think, oh, my well, goodness. That's, that's what I've got to do. Or are you a zombie? Is that what you're trying to tell us? The strength in numbers, aren't there? So, and there's, there are always more zombies at the end of a zombie film. <laughs> yeah. So what, if I'm what, friendly with the zombies... But what's the, what's the kind of superhero origin story to you not being able to swim? Just never learned. It's in, the I, Truman Show, isn't it? I fell, <laughs> <laughs> I fell into a pond when I was three. Right. And I was scared of water ever since. Are you still scared of water now? No, fuck, I'll, come, at, come at me, water. <laughs> I'll show you. Could you put your head under the shower? <laughs> and some people that would have inspired them to learn to swim yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, oh I don't like, want to go through that again <laughs> no because apparently I was, like, I, was, I was really scared as a kid when we used to get taken to the um, you know to the swimming baths and things like that because you've got to swim as a kid and I just like I just couldn't do it and I just keep crying Right. So they were like, well, just just leave this little weird kid in the corner. Can we do a can we do a section on the paddling pool? Is that going to make you feel uncomfortable? I, I don't necessarily have to have my headphones on. <laughs> That's <laughs> true, yeah. Go so... make, have a cup of tea, come back. Have we yeah. actually unearthed quite a profound story from your childhood there, Vish? Because I feel as though that kind of... There was a girl at school, I remember, who couldn't get out of the swimming pool. And yeah. I know that that, oh, that's that was a... pretty scarring for yeah. her because people used to be like, oh, poor person yeah um <laughs> oh why can't she do it oh and all of this and she, uh, it, it can scar you for life I that think. is my idea of hell yeah if i was in a swimming pool and then couldn't get out and someone take the st- stairs away <laughs> oh yeah God. I, i've got a friend who's got a phobia of empty swimming pools what yeah he doesn't the ones like, without water doesn't like seeing them or without any people no, completely empty, so no water at all. Is it the sensation of accidentally jumping? Into I think one so. Because yeah. that is that is quite awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and hitting the bottom. Yeah, well, you'd be yeah. happy with it because we know water. Well, I'd like. You'd have I'd, a two I'd, broken I'd, legs. I'm quite fond of my ankles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we stalling because that game yes! last night was so bad? Because I feel like there's an elephant in the room here. A, a big Chelsea and Norwich. Why are you elephant. moving this on? We yeah. could have just kept that up for a further at least two to three get, minutes. Get through it. Do you think the game it. would have been better if Stamford Bridge was submerged? Possibly. <laughs> Been slower, <laughs> couldn't have been slower. Um, I, I, there is there's an element. Sorry, Kate, is, can I take permission from you as the host to go to Chelsea v Norwich? You may, yes. Let's Thank just you. identify that that is what we're doing because yeah. I appreciate we spoke for about 20 minutes on the North London derby the other day without <laughs> talking about what it was. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it is Chelsea one, Norwich nil. Yeah, and, and there's been many games that have felt like the death of football since since this since this pandemic. And uh, I, I'm, off, I'm fond of telling a story uh, about when I used to go with my friend to watch Wickham v Portsmouth, Wickham Wanderers. Congratulations to them, as you guys, as the guys said yesterday, uh, on being promoted to the championship. But there was a game that I would always go to at Adams Park, Wickham v Portsmouth. 
And at one particular point, both teams were so bad that it felt like we would, we started calling it the death of football derby. Right <laughs> now, I'm not suggesting that game last night was that bad, but it was, I would say in the same ballpark as that. It's just, I got to about 40 minutes in, of course, Giroud scores just before half time, but I got about 40 minutes in and I thought, what is the point of this? What, what else could I be doing now rather than watching this? Well, that is the crux of this stage of the season, of any season. Chelsea have really? got a lot to play for. It's a, it's a dead rubber, fundamentally, because no one, no realistic person who's watched any football in the Premier League this season, with the exception of perhaps the first three or four Norwich games, would have thought that Norwich were going to get anything out of But that's of not that what one. a dead rubber means. A dead rubber means neither team have got anything to play for. So Norwich had nothing to play for. And Chelsea have, I agree, something to play for. I don't know. It's a sort of rubber that's like... Not, a half rubber. Not very significant. It's, on its, way, it's a rubber that's because on its way out. it's not yeah. a rubber. It's like a pencil. Yeah, it's, it's, when, <laughs> it's, it's when a rubber starts smudging instead of rubbing out. It's those shitty little ones on the end of pencil. Yeah, that yeah. goes down like, to the metal. Onto yeah. the metal. Yeah, okay, fine. I, I accept that. Yeah. I do accept that. So they're just scratching all over the pitch. And yeah. I also yeah. like the fact that um, Todd Cantwell appeared and had clearly gone through the thought process which said, well, now I'm relegated. I can get my hair done. I've got time to get my hair done now, uh, so I'm going to go and do that. And he had this amazing blonde, wavy hair. Very, very, I'm taking a guitar, travelling with me to the Gold Coast of Australia type vibe. He looks like um, if you're playing GTA and, you know, you can customise your character. Yeah. And you just like, you were just, oh, fuck it, I'll just do that. I'll put big bins on him. Yeah. I'll give him some wavy blonde hair. I'll yeah. give him some shin pads as well. Why not? Just yeah. Like, <laughs> like a bit of a tool. It was... um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Norwich really don't have anything to play for. And one of the Cantwell photos from yesterday was him probably on Instagram stories. Because, you know, on Instagram stories, when you film, you hold the button. Yeah. And it looked like he was doing that and filming himself kicking the ball into the net. Yeah. As if to say, like, oh, no one will really believe that I've done this. I have still available, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, actually, for what Chelsea were able to get out of the game, I, th- I think they, maybe if this was earlier in the season, they would have gone a bit more gung-ho. But it was almost... They just felt a bit sorry for us. We've got a goal. Let's just kind of sit on this and and ride it out. The one one player who was actually pretty good was Christian Pulisic, who's been kind of a revelation for Chelsea in the back end of this this series, having started quite well and then got injured. So that's something, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think going forward, they've got a lot of options. Uh, they they've got a lot of interesting young players, as you were saying to me before we came in, Vish. And and I don't think there's necessarily a problem for them going forward. I do think they need a better goalkeeper. Now, whether that's an improved Kepa, because we saw the situation with David De Gea. So David De Gea's, I mean, you know a bit more, than this, more, more about this than me, Vish, but David De Gea's arc at Man United is quite an interesting one because he starts and people think he's too lightweight, he's derided for his diet, he can't speak English, he can't deal with the physicality of the Premier League or so it's perceived. Then he becomes brilliant for ages, like for four, five, six seasons, I'd say, probably. He gets player of the year over and over again. And now he's, kind of settled a bit and he's a little bit well how, how could I say that? probably a little bit inconsistent um, more than so, a little bit yeah more, okay more, well, I don't want to go error, to, more uh, errors leading to goals sure. than any other goalkeeper in the division I think sure, certainly but, equal to and I'm going to make a big shout here though and I'm going to say that I think Kepper is the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League right and given that he's the most got most um, Alex sp- McCarthy sp- He's the second worst goalkeeper <laughs> in the Premier League. And don't say Jordan Pickford, because I'm going to have to say third. <laughs> no. But look, he's among the worst goalkeepers in the Premier League. And I think for, for, the, for the amount of money they spent on him, for the amount they've clearly invested in him um, to, to try and have a goalkeeper who can be there for a long time to come, 
they've got a decision to make at some point whether they stick with him or whether they try and improve. And on, on top of that, he clearly Lampard clearly doesn't really like his left back. And they probably need another centre back as well. If they can, if they can improve in those areas, I think you'll see a much improved Chelsea next season. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I do. I do. I also think he deserves a little bit of time. It was interesting that one of the one of the first yeah. things I thought when they did sign him because it was sort of for so much money, and a week after Liverpool signed Allison, it kind of took the heat off Allison to an extent that even now people don't really register Allison as a, as a big money signing because kind of mm. Kepa came in as a goalkeeper and then took that tag away from him. Also, didn't he make a massive cock up where he like kicked the ball into the path of a um, Allison? I'm talking about mm. and conceded a goal very early on. You're looking like you don't recognise this. Story. He's no, he's done a couple of things, hasn't he? That I mean, was very early in his reign. It's against Leicester. Yeah. He made a mistake. Yeah, but, but I mean, this I've, was the kind of playing out for the death of football via playing out from the back. Kind yeah, of, right, right. kind of spiel that came in. I mean, Kepper has conceded 42 Premier League goals this season, which is the most of any Chelsea goalkeeper since the 93-94 campaign, which incidentally, is in fact the last time that Norwich uh, beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. So I was quite excited about that last night, but sadly not. One thing I realised I'm going to miss from the Premier League next season... Regards Norwich, not going to yeah. be there anymore. Is Daniel Farker's portable tactics board? Oh yeah. Did you enjoy that at halftime? The little yellow counters moving around. Wasn't that in the drinks break? Um, was it was it halftime? Whatever, doesn't matter. Either it was in a break, a yeah. tactical break, um, as they are all known. And let's face it, seventy-five minutes in, perhaps aware of Kepper's terrible goalkeeping, he brought on two. Stru- well, he brought on Pookie, Pookie and yeah. Buendia. Yeah. Um, so he was obviously still still going at some Farker, which you got to admire that. Yeah, too little, too late is a phrase that comes to mind. Um, <laughs> but Vish, do you, do you think that they've not been ambitious enough, Norwich? Because they famously not spent a huge amount of money. They they feel like because they're such a well-run club and because they've already come out and said, oh yeah, we're going to be absolutely fine next season and we don't need to sell anyone, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that they didn't really set out to be ambitious enough uh, because because they, they didn't bring anyone in for huge money, to, to my knowledge. They kind of relied on what they already had and, and made a few appointments here or there or made a few signings here or there. And, it, and it, looking back now, I know it's easy to be wise after the event, but does it not feel a bit like, yeah, we'll have a great time, be, be fun, be in the Premier League, get loads of money, and we'll be on TV loads, but ultimately don't worry about it because that's how the season has manifested itself. Sorry, are you suggesting they should be married, managed by Neil Warnock next? What was that voice? Um, I don't know what kind of voice that was really, actually. Sean Dyche maybe a bit or, of it. Although shout out Neil Warnock for getting a, a, a vital win last night for Lovely Middlesbrough Lovely old Middlesbrough well. 2-1 job. Yeah, doing all right. But do, do you know what I mean, though? Yeah, you know, I do, I do. We actually touched on it on Monday, didn't we, Kate, when we were talking about what they would have got from the season in... In general, and I think one of the things that you know, you're absolutely right. They didn't want to spend beyond their means because, you know, I mean, certainly from the top, they don't have the kind of money to back that up. Because if it, it's a gamble that if it didn't pay off with even one player, it would kind of ruin them for a few seasons. Mm. And I think internally, Norwich and and I suppose the fans as well have braced themselves, knowing that they got promoted too early, not too early, but ahead of schedule, let's say, and that you know you can really only judge how this season has fared in terms of consolidating themselves and getting those parachute payments and going again next season to get automatic promotion once more. So if they do get promoted, we can judge them on what they do then and then we can regard, well, we can look at this season regard whether it's been a success or not. Mm. I also think a lot of the reason they've played this attacking football is not just to kind of keep the fans on side with that kind of project as well, but also keep the players on side. Because when you're playing in a struggling side who've played engaging football to get promoted, then a lot of times you see those attacking players kind of fall by the wayside and, and, and almost kind of 
you know, get a bit fed up. We've Become been, redundant, yeah. Yeah, mm. but also just kind of personally just think, God, why am I here? We were playing really good football last year. Now I'm kind of redundant, but also I've, I'm just not enjoying any of this. Mm. So there was, from what I gauged, by playing this football, even though it wasn't necessarily gaining results, it was scratching an itch for these attacking players so they might not think that they'd have to move either mid-season or even at the end of, you know, even next season. I mean, it's quite a big concession to make, isn't it? It is. We'll keep them happy, they get grumpy, but we probably will be relegated. It is, but then, uh, yeah, to be honest, I'm quite conflicted with this as well. Daniel Farker at the end of the game on the weekend said that he reckoned that at the start of the season they only had a 5% chance of staying up anyway and he relayed that to his, <laughs> and he relayed that to his players. And you kind of think, if you're a player and you hear that, you think, all right, fine. So what is this just, it's either an audition season for you as a player then if you want to move on or you just think, right, if, if I really do believe in this man, this man who's, who believes in me, maybe I'll stick with him for two years. He, he sits him down and says, look, it's a free hit. What, this game? No, this season. Yeah. It's a free hit. Do what you want. Have but a great time. Does someone believe in you if they say that the position that you're in is one that's completely unsustainable. Yeah, and you've got a 5% chance of success. <laughs> okay, I really fully believe in you, but yeah. I think you've probably got a 5% chance of staying with the football ramble beyond yeah. the end of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but believing, you, believing in you in the sense that he brought a lot of these players in two years ago and is still keeping faith with them in the Premier League when, some, when another manager sure. who would have had more money would have said, right, well, thanks for all that, Timu, but you're going to sit on the bench for most of the season now. We're going to bring in, you know, a Sebastian Haller equivalent who but, might but, not be a success. You know, on, on the flip side, because I know you guys covered Norwich on Monday when they were relegated um, or the first show since they were relegated or whatever it was. Um, it's a, it's actually a bigger win for... A bit disrespectful for to Fred. Norwich, that Well, mate. whatever. <laughs> Spoke about them so much this season. They've done nothing in return. Um, Best team in the league, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Um, it's a big win for Frank, though, because that, that reversal against Sheffield United was a terrible result for them, no question, and, and we all know that. And for him to make the changes he made and um, and beat a admittedly poor Norwich team in a poor game, but the important thing for them was to get a win because if they had lost that game or not, or even arguably not won it, um, they'd obviously been two points worse off um, and it would have been up in the air around the top four thing, which they've occupied for a large part of this season and really is the minimum you could expect from them, I think, given the players they've got. Oh, OK. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure you would have said th that at the start of the season based on the Lampard situation. Uh, also, just to point out that their next two, their last two games are Liverpool and Wolves. Exactly. So again, you, you can have to do it the hard see way. them potentially but, not okay, getting perhaps any not the minimum, Perhaps not the minimum you expect, but I mean, I don't know if I said this, but I know there are a lot of the rhetoric around Lampard at the start of the season. People were saying a lot because he's Frank Lampard. What does success look like here? and people were saying top four, weren't they? Yeah. Deliver them Champions League football, that's a successful season. And he's put himself in the position to do that. OK, they've lost 11 games. They've not been brilliant defensively. Um, they've conceded more, I think they've conceded the most goals in the top half of the Premier League and they don't look great without the ball, although that's tightened up a little bit. Um, but he has blooded some young players through and they probably will get top four, which I think was what was expected of him at the start of the season, given the, the kind of the uncertainty that's been around the club. And Manchester United helped them out as well, which is lovely. Well, exactly. That lovely was, that to was, see. Uh, Great yeah, to see. That, that Obafemi goal in injury time was a huge boost for them. And yeah, the funny thing about Lampard's teams from, well, his team this season is that Really early on, you could tell they were going to be a lot of fun to watch. Mm. They were going to concede goals. They were going to score yeah, goals. Yeah, I love watching them, yeah. yeah they're, no, Generally, but not last night. <laughs> <laughs> but as the season wore on, and I think they, you know, Chelsea fans saw enough of them going forward to not have to worry about how they were going to score goals, it suddenly became an issue of, right, 
what, how are we going to solidify ourselves? Should have done a Daniel Farker. Let's just have a laugh. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Have a laugh. We've got some good players here. Let's just crack on and see what happens. Get out the yellow counters. Guys, yeah. we need to move on because we need to talk about something that's been bubbling on since the weekend and generally, I suppose, something that uh, we'll, I guess, all be aware of being prolific, I would say, users of social media. Um, Wilfred Zaha over the weekend uh, screen grabbed some of the abuse, uh, an example of the abuse that he says he receives on a, a basically a daily ba- a daily basis on Instagram because there is that function, of course, on Instagram where you can just send a message, a direct message to anybody, anybody you want. Yeah. It goes into a little private um, kind of other Folder, inbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But equally, you can, it takes two seconds to click on it and you can find the the death of the world in there, frankly. And in the case of this racist abuse that Wilf Zaha was receiving and then also Sheffield United's David McGoldrick after his uh, great couple of goals over the weekend he he received it too and did the same thing now clearly we've been speaking about racist abuse a fair bit this season and rightly so and the just the wording was so it's so disgusting it's sort of gone with the wind era language I didn't expect to see from anybody in this modern era it's it's horrifying to see an example of what they get but it is clear that they're getting it very regularly indeed and it's interesting from the perspective of now that they've taken this idea of screen grabbing it and showing it overtly to the world what what happens now what impact can that have these are high profile footballers speaking about it um in the public domain and it's been backwards and forwards about what the social media companies can do or what they would want to do to protect people from that kind of abuse. Um, the outcome of the Wilf Zaha message is that a 12-year-old boy has been arrested for racism. Yeah. Well, it's not anything new. Um, and, Kate, without wishing to kind of bring you into this, but as a as a woman on television, you'll know for a fact that that abuse isn't anything new. You know, um, whether it yeah, pertains absolutely. to racism, sexism... Or anything else. Um, I think with the players now, they've realised actually that publicly shaming people is the way to go. Um, and I've kind of I've actually been an advocate for this for a while because I think when you open up those messages and show the world, then people will start believing you. Because one of the main issues around reporting racism or any kind of issue like this is that people don't believe you because it becomes a bit he said he said she said. Mm. So I'm I'm a fan of that. I think what the social media companies can do. Beyond banning people when when it when it becomes apparent that they are sending racist abuse, I don't think things like you know having to have a passport to go online is actually sustainable at all because of various various um, grey areas around people hacking in and taking that kind of information and using it for their own means. I think that is also quite a serious issue that has been overlooked a little bit in this Sorry, discussion. Sorry, so taking having a passport in order to be able to identify yeah, or, or yourself any, any to get of, an account. Or any kind of personal information. Right. Yeah, there, yeah, there is a huge, huge issue um, around that anyway. Which is is a, that not personal information kind of widely available anyway? Like you, have to, you have to put in a name and address and everything to register for anything, really. I mean, and, and, and so you'd hope that people who run companies that exist solely online are well across sort of cyber security. Sure, but, but but evidently there were not. There were leaks happen all the time. I think that needs to be more robust anyway. But I feel like even, even talking about that is distracting from the wider issue. Yeah, fair. I think what, what is good is that we have a generation of younger athletes who we've spoken about before are very socially aware and very aware of how they can use their voice, mm. but also have grown up online. So not only know that this abuse is out there, 
but actually kind of personally know how to deal with it. I know we saw Wilfred Zaha, who was who looked kind of crestfallen and just infuriated and tired about the abuse he receives, but he's he's very good at dealing with it. And I think what we also need to do is I don't know. I feel I feel like I'm kind of losing my point here because I'm I'm yeah I'm just so really overwhelming. Kind of, yeah, really yeah, angry and upset about this, but he. And a, a generation of other players, female and male sports stars, are now in a position where actually they've just had enough. And I think what we should, off the back of all the Black Lives Matter stuff, there should be a, a kind of a deep look into how we can support these players and th- these people in general when they come up with that, against that kind of abuse and actually finally start believing them that fuck this kind of stuff happens. And yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm losing myself here, but so, yeah. So. Right. Is is this something you experience yourself online, Vish? Yeah, um, yeah, it is, but it's you know nowhere near to that level because I think what happened. One of the things that black people are affected by more in this country is that there is a history that is relayed to younger generations, as we saw with that twelve-year-old kid, where they are viewed as dangerous, where they are viewed as once subservient and now of themselves, and it's portrayed in a way that creates this kind of anger and bitterness towards them that when they are in a sport where they are majority black and shown to be excelling that the reaction is such and I say this as a British Asian who works in cricket where I I see it in how British Asians are talked about in cricket because um, we are because of our history and because of the way the empire was in Sri Lanka where I grew up and, and South Asia we were seen as kind of allies. We were subservient, but we were also seen as allies. And it's the way that we are often recognised when it comes to, um, you know, uh, when we remember the First and Second World War. Uh, Asia's part in that is often talked about, but very rarely do you hear a lot of, about any of the you know black soldiers who are fighting alongside those people as well. So it's a, it's a very different issue. And, and there's a whole other issue about why I think the BMA tag is also very very unhelpful because the issues are totally different but mm. it's something that's going to affect yeah so it's something that affects black players and black athletes a lot more than any one of my i suppose um background uh and I, I get really annoyed by it because it's yeah again i'm losing my thread here but yeah it's an issue that has to be taken seriously yeah mm. sorry i mean i think i'll jump on on the, on the back of that just say that <clears throat> the the idea that a 12 year old kid has been implicated in this to me, um, is, I mean, maybe I'm being naive, maybe because I'm in the position I'm in as a white straight man who doesn't have any of these issues to, to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Maybe I am being naive, but I was shocked that a kid so young would be involved in something like this. Um, but what that says to me is, if you've got a kid who's 12 years old, we have to start implicating the parents into this. We They have to, the parents start, need to start taking responsibility for this and they need to start being talked to and and I, I don't like to see a 12 year old kid being arrested because generally speaking that is a that is a kid that is a child so what are the parents doing here where are the parents involved why is there not some kind of process some gateway to which that which says yeah, if you, you can't can, if it. your child which you are legally responsible for in every conceivable way is behaving in this way then I'm sorry you need to step up and take responsibility as well Personally, I think it's wild that you are so surprised that this. Yeah, well, maybe this, I am. Maybe it is, because, yeah. and I think perhaps this is the divide that we're seeing here about mm. um, 
you know, and we don't have someone who's black British in the room with us. So that's a whole nother conversation, you know, we'd love to have. But um, in terms of you're, abs- you're just identifying the whole issue here, probably, which is mm. that you, Luke, are white male. I'm white female. Um, you're British, Asian, Bish. And to, uh, to Vish and I, I think this is just not surprising at all. I'm not trying to, like you said, compare it to anything in terms of magnitude and, and language that, that Wolf Zaha was receiving and McGoldrick was receiving. But it's every day and all the time. Yeah, okay. If you're yeah, any yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. query minority in on social media. I'm sorry, I'm a tiny bit emotional about it, but I just think it's amazing that you're you're cutting me off. It's amazing that um, people can live so contentedly online without being affected by this. Yeah, I don't, don't, um, I'm I'm only talking about the experiences I don't have. That's the only thing I can really, can really kind of talk about. It's not, it's not my position to be kind of dictating or not dictating to other people about what happens. I mean, I obviously, I can only talk about my own experiences, but on the, on the point about the registration of social media, like, I understand the, the concerns about that. And there's, there's also another wider concern, which is about the things like, if you think of something like the Arab Spring, the people wouldn't have been able to anonymously tell everyone what was happening if they had to register some kind of information to, to, to have the social media account they needed to, to, to get that information around. Um, so it's, it, I feel a bit like we, what's happened is that we've created a monster here and the genie's at the bottle. It's very, very difficult to, to think of what the solution is to this. Well, so, you know, just to, to, to go off Kate's point, I, I suppose the fact that you're surprised but now know about it is is a step in the right direction. One of the things I, I'd always say to people is um, if you play games online, it's, it's really simple, but if you play games online, just look at the language that, that you would get back mm. Um even just like a, mm. you might be playing a kid on FIFA and they'll tell you to, they'll F and blind and see and all sorts. See, I've, I've never done that. Like, I've never ever done that. No, no, of course. But, 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 but you know, you, you would get those messages. Oh, no, I'm, not, I'm yeah. just saying, yeah, I've got yeah. no experience with that either. So, like, yeah. you know, obviously Pete, Pete's a big game. It'd be yeah. fascinating to talk to Pete about the messages he gets. And I'm very, so I have my first name online. Yeah. So I'm very clearly Asian. So yeah. I get like mm. Asian skewed messages about like, Luckily, I'm shit at FIFA, so it doesn't happen that often. But, you know, so it, that I think kids have been talking like this for a while. And I think if you see, I, I totally agree with the, with the parents being held responsible as well. But I think we also got to look at kind of the material that is readily available, even on a, even on a site like Facebook, which our parents use, for example, and, and Twitter and all sorts. And I think that helps, helps, quote unquote, um, you know, perpetuate racism a lot of times. Racism isn't something that you catch you're not going to be immune to racism if you wear a face mask yeah yeah so it is it is taught it is ingrained from a very very young age and 12 isn't like too surprising i remember playing football in um in edinburgh when i was there for uni and i didn't actually hear this but it was the it was the day after england played spain in spain and ashley cole and a couple of the other england black players were subjected to monkey chants yeah so we were playing and then suddenly the game just stopped and slowly I could hear people, kids on the side, or people on the side making monkey noises. And both teams, like, God bless them, both teams kind of turned around and kind of marched towards them and made a big scene out of it. Yeah. And I kind of ended up kind of going over. <laughs> they were literally kids. Like, yeah. just kids. Saw it on TV, thought, there's someone over there who looks a bit... I was the only person of colour on the field. Um, and, yeah, they just made monkey noises. And the funny thing was, I, at the time, I was like, I was like... Fuck, they are only kids. There is a chance to like have some kind of education there. If they were, you know, five or six, ten years older, I'd be fuming. But it's it's really hard to 
yeah, I find it really hard to actually be quite angry about it. But I think the language for, for the Zaha thing was the thing that really struck me. How does a 12-year-old get hold of those kind of words? Mm. And how does he know the, you know, the how where they've come from and, and the power they have? That's the thing about when when you see people so young using those kind of words, is that God, they've they've been you've basically just given them a semi-automatic rifle and thought, fuck, go go ahead, kid, go at it. Mm, it's, mm. yeah, sorry. Uh, again, sorry, uh, my head is a bit all over the place with this, but yeah, just play FIFA online and see what, see what, see what it's like. What yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I mean, please don't apologise, Vish. It's, yeah. it's, it's something that it's new, I think, for people finding words to talk about this and, and obviously Black Lives Matter and what we've seen on the Premier League pitches and people taking a knee has increased the ability for people to have conversations but still I think you're finding the words to talk about these things because I guess in some cases we've taken things for granted that we've seen and now we're trying to bring them into the open a bit more perhaps too late I mean but that's the thing it's never it's never too late it is never too late because nothing's happened up until now yeah so Mm. it's never too late to start having this conversation and the fact that we're you know, I'm I'm quite hard. It might end up sounding like gibberish when we put it out, <laughs> but I like the the fact that we are even having this conversation is going to go a long way to that anyway. Yeah, and it also just as well, just to add, like a month or so ago, everyone was used Black Lives Matter everywhere you looked, and what this has shown is that there is still a lot more work to do. And I think that they can obviously everyone who is who suffers this kind of abuse should feel aggrieved, but they should feel especially aggrieved given that you know we're we're now two weeks, three weeks hence, and this stuff's still going on, and no one seems to. No one. The reason the players are having to do this is because it's, they've been let down by the authorities that represent them and are supposed to protect them. And that's really important to point out as well, I think. So there's a lot of work to be done. It is a specific social media element as well to it, though, which is this insane situation where people can, as we're talking about with these messages, can contact anybody they want who's in the public eye, pretty much, yeah. and send them violent abuse. And I don't know. I know that social media platforms don't want to um, act as editors because then that changes their role and that changes how they are in terms of how they're legislated but I think there's quite a strong argument that they should be in reality Facebook do do that I mean the the reality is that Facebook they claim to be a platform just a platform but they curate everything they are a content provider they should be regulated and some of the behavior they've extolled particularly in the US is absolutely scandalous it is incredible that they are still willing able to get away with this and um people should vote with their feet on facebook in my opinion and, and just kind of to add one more thing in, in case someone thinks well you know why don't you go on private why don't you go this that, and the other like okay i don't know your situation but before you know before six months ago i was freelance so i was like right i need to be as open as possible i need to be out there i need to have my yeah. DMs open. I need to kind of be receptive yeah, right. to everything. Put myself. You need a platform, out absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and presumably, you know, you're you're kind of similar in the role that you do. So therefore, you're kind of like, what? Well, do I? T- is this the is this the rough that I get <laughs> with the smooth? It's not the point, though, is it? No, no, not it's at all. not a defence to say, well, yeah, you should you just should take yourself in the public no. eye. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's bullshit. Yeah, exactly. That's absolutely so bullshit. I, I think I think that is that is the important thing here because some there were some people saying, and I, and I saw this, and I don't know why I went looking for it. It's always uh. like picking up a rock, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But there were some people like, oh, what is what is a hacker? He's a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. It's just bullshit. I think the important thing is that he cares is important. Yeah. He's yeah. a millionaire that <laughs> yeah. cares. That's the thing you take away from this. It doesn't matter how much money you make. You can give him all the money in the world and he still will be hurt by something like this. Thanks for talking about this, guys. Mm. Um, like you say, I think it is a really important conversation to have. Uh, we're going to be yeah. doing a Football Ramble uh, book club with Paul Canoville, uh, which is coming out soon. 
on he's Chelsea's first black player so hopefully we'll be able to talk to him about some of these issues as well let's go to a break All right, gang, welcome back to the Football Ramble. Vish and Luke with me here at the moment. Um, and we're going to move on to certainly a game with more goals in it than the one at the top of the show. And I mean, for me, the second half was a bit of a letdown in Wigan against Hull. But still, you've got to enjoy an 8-0 victory for Wigan that then has to be certainly on the Sky website fitted into a 2 minutes 42 edit. <laughs> yeah, I watched I watched the um I couldn't find it anywhere on TV. As soon as I saw that they that, that Wigan were what was it like 5 nil up after 40 minutes. I thought, right, I'm having some of that. <laughs> I couldn't find it anywhere on TV. So if I've missed it, then apologies, but I don't think it was on TV. You need to subscribe to like the Wigan, you know, account where I know, you can yeah. watch all of the games. I thought the, that the might abs- be a bit committed. The absolute idiot colleagues of yours at Sky <laughs> showed West Brom nil, Fulham nil. Egg on their faces. How morning. could we not? Re- I mean, because obviously this was the first thing in the running order way before the game yeah. occurred. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, it was particularly, I was particularly aggrieved that... Um, two exports of players that Paul Cook took with him to Wigan, one of which was Jamal Lowe, who's one of our best players, filled his boots, three assists and a goal. <laughs> uh, disappointing to see. So I couldn't enjoy it fully. But 7-0 at half-time, 8-0 full-time. It's Vish. a bit of a letdown. For me and Kate, it's a letdown. Is it a letdown for you? No, I, I totally understand it. Gra- Grant McCann um, had one of the saddest lines a manager could, could ever use. And he said that at half-time, he, he thought to himself, is this going to stop? <laughs> Oh my God. And, and the other thing that compounds it is. I hope that... it's sad to the players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he should have said, this better fucking stop. <laughs> You've got a 5% chance That's of only, success, yeah. only conceding one more goal. Yeah. Now go on and do it. But yeah. it, was, it was honestly incredible watching it spread beyond the game itself because. You know, WhatsApps were going crazy. Have you, seen, have you seen? Have you seen the score? Yeah. And then you go on the internet, and someone's like, "Guys, something, something is happening." Yeah, yeah. And, and also just the fact that well, the seventh goal was at forty-five plus one. I know. And it was like it's six, it's six nil going into forty-five minutes. Just have a, just let's just we got what one. we got. Yeah, yeah. Let's just yeah. let's just should we just hold this? Let's just yeah. get one more. Yeah. Let's get one more. Put a bit of clear blue water between you <laughs> yeah. and the other two. What, what to the, the debate that always comes up when this happens? Seven nil at half time. I've played in games as an amateur player, obviously, where you've been on the end of some some bad ones. And you don't like to talk about your pro career, do you, Luke? Well, I didn't, yeah. It was just a good reason for that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't <laughs> take long. Um, but I, I've been in changing rooms at half-time in amateur football where the man, we've been losing from 5 nil or whatever and the, refer- and, and the manager has just said, just go out and win the second half. You, know, don't, you can't do anything. You've yeah. got, you got to put it back out your mind, go out and win the second half. It's like the old Joe Wicks thing. Joe Wicks says, don't let a bad meal turn into a bad day and don't let a bad day turn into a bad week. It's kind of that principle. Don't let a bad half mean the whole game is bad. Try and win the second half if you can. But there's a debate that says, a la Germany against Brazil in the I World was Cup just 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Don't embarrass them because it's disrespectful. I think Pep Guardiola might, in principle, have been on paper saying that as well. Uh, whether he's adhered to it, I can't quite remember. But what's your attitude on that, you guys? Because I feel a bit like, embarrass them. Do it. Yeah, yeah I mean, Get 7 nil already. Get your goal bonuses. Do your, do your yeah, business. Yeah. Do your thing. It's their problem, not yours. I, I think it's the I think it's the pro-to-pro pro respect. Like when you, It's interesting. When you talk to professional players... They have an attitude to each other, which is very similar to boxers in that it doesn't matter if you're Floyd Mayweather or kind of some jobber who just fights in pub halls. 
the effort and the courage to get into the ring, to oh, have yeah. got to that position of done all the training and to put yourself into a position where you're willing to be shot at, basically, mm. is enough to earn their respect. Mm. And I think you do get a lot of that with professional footballers where they see each other and they think, God, if I'm on the other end of this, I may be, come the end of the season, I might be out of a job. I'm looking after my family. And well, they've, that, had to, the they've had to fight really hard to against members of their own football club to get in yes. the team themselves. So so I understand that. However, um, I because I, I couldn't find this game on the TV, I listened to the updates on the radio. And Andy Reid, who I think is an excellent pundit, like an underrated pundit, um, was absolutely fuming with Hull. Like he he couldn't believe what was happening. He he, he kept saying it's actually quite hard to lose eight nil. You know, it's yeah, it quite is. hard. It how is. you know how how bad you've got to be, how off the pace you've got to be to lose eight nil. They're all professional players. It shouldn't happen. He was fuming about it because they conceded in the in the first ish minutes. Yeah, after two minutes. After two scored. minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the defending was for that goal. And for, well, I mean, for most of the goals, but oh, except for awful. the last goal, which was my that pick was of the goal, right? It's a lovely old goal. That was worth watching. If I was playing for hole and he did that for eight like oh fuck off <laughs> now you're doing that fuck off it's half hour left we should also mention we should also mention that uh, we can hit the post the first half they did, yeah, they did. And, and I think Hull might have had one clear off the line as well they did. and also they but, had a but, but, no, Wigan did Wigan did uh, no no um, Hull, so, Hull did when Hull it was 8-0 okay Hull, right yeah. and Hull had a penalty given to them and then taken away yeah which is the most baffling piece of refereeing Christ, I've seen. It? Yeah. Well, it can't be the most baffling piece of refereeing I've seen even in the last week. But anyway, it was, a, it was quite baffling. Um, they got the chance into the two-minute 42 edit. They got the two chances as well. So it really was chocker. The, yeah. one, <laughs> the, the one good thing for the Hull, hierarchy, Hull City hierarchy is that they um, took the step last week, a couple of weeks ago, to ban local journalists. So if you lived in Hull and didn't watch the game, you'd have no idea what happened. It's like North Korea in Hull. <laughs> we're, we're like Radio Freedom here. It's the only way you can hear about it. You know, do you know... W- w- one thing that's even more baffling about the whole um, f- foul jamboree is that, um, on paper at least, oh, and 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 generally not on paper, yeah, as a, as a general point, Hull are still fighting to stay in this division. Yeah, they're one point away from safety. But on paper, what you forget because you you know when it was being talked about, and before I looked at it, I was like, how are these two teams who are effectively both in a relegation battle? How are they so distant in terms of quality? But of course, what I'd forgotten is that actually Wigan are thirteenth. They've just got their pending twelve point right. uh, deduction. So they'd be out of the relegation zone. Goal difference after that, right? Yeah. So and the what's happened is... at that club is a disgrace, by the way, as well. Well, um, but all I was going to say is they do need the goal difference. So actually embarrass them and also this is pragmatism yeah, but I was talking more about Hull than Wigan I mean if you're fighting for your lives it's fair enough to go away from home and get beaten but you've got to put it all out there you've got to leave everything out on the pitch and to lose eight suggests they might not have been doing that and my final question for you guys as well is um, should a manager automatically offer his resignation after that well, he did that did that thing um, that all managers do after big defeats where they apologise specifically to the fans mm. and supporters. And I suppose in another world, they would be talking about reimbursing them for, for the trip, <laughs> for wouldn't the they? Trip. That's like, always happens. Like Ralph well, Hassenhutel yeah. we'll with, with, we'll, with a 9-0. Yeah, we'll give you a bit of your licence feedback. I don't know, like, what are they? Well, I, I, had a, um, I, had an, I interviewed Chris Kirkland who once and who, who was in goal when Wigan were beaten 9-1, was it, by Spurs? Yeah. And he said, you know, it could have been a lot worse. He said, I remember making saves in that game. And he said, in the in the in, obviously it's a long trip from Wigan to London. Fans have made made the journey. And in the dressing room afterwards, he said, or one, I think it might have been the captain. I forget who it was at the time. Said, look, we need to we need to chip in here to um to to pay for the fans' transport. 
And uh, one player who refused to tell me said, no, fuck them. I'm not doing it. Pascal Timbonda? Refused to do it. Refu- he didn't tell me who it was. Didn't tell me who it was. But he refused to do it, apparently. Wow. And everyone else did, but he didn't. I broke my shoulder on a skiing trip um, a few years what ago. What a relatable story. Yeah. And uh, there's a group of 10 of us on the trip. And they, one of them said, oh, we should send flowers to Kate. Flowers. Yeah. 20, 20 quid, 30 yeah. quid. It's not a lot of money. Two quid each. And one person of our friendship group, our really tight friendship group, from um, university, it's like fuck him, fuck her. What? I'm not. I'm not paying the two was quid. It Pascal Chimonda. It was. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's outrageous. Yeah. You want? You're not having her after that, surely? You still friends with her? It is a boy. Are you still friends with him? Well, no. I don't know if he listens to the football ramble or not. Well, but you know no, who no, you are. Switch off now. <laughs> yeah, we don't want him. Kirkland yeah. said that the, the players weren't having this guy after that, and it, he was like PNG in the in the team. So maybe you should do the same to your friend. <laughs> What would be the like? Let, let's let's try and probably stretch this out in terms of what would be the motivation behind not paying it? Is it is it a sense of entitlement that he might yeah, see the fans question. having? I know? think I think he probably thought. I'm guessing because we didn't go into it, but I think he probably thought. Look, I've come here. I've done my best. I don't personally feel like it was my fault, um, and I'm paid to do my job. I've done my job. See you later. They chose to come down. It's 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 an entitlement that I think you do get. Not so much these days. But obviously, as as I'm sure we all have. I've interviewed a few players and you do get some of them are quite entitled, quite, quite um, out of touch. Generally speaking, they're all really lovely, but you do get the odd one who's a little bit out of touch and doesn't really care. And also doesn't really necessarily care about the game of football itself, mm. yeah, which happens job. a lot more than, yeah. than, than people might think. You know, they're just not that into it. You know, I've spoken to players before who've said they don't ever really watch any football, yeah. which I found baffling because you just watch it generally right because it's such a culturally significant thing in this country and you play in the industry but they've said oh no I have to watch so many videos of, of stuff that I can't be bothered I, I had a chat with uh, with someone this season who said exactly the same thing and I was like but it's football mm. and he went but it's my job yeah okay yeah yeah. yeah. Like, although maybe if that Wigan player had watched a few more games of football he might not have let his team mm. be on the end of a 9-1 battering so, so that's you another know. good point yeah or Hull you mean? Not no, really, I'm but... talking about the. Oh, the oh, the, the, sorry, the, uh, the your bloke, the yeah, you Chris Kirkland. I'd love man. to know who he was. I'd love to know who he was. I'm you don't know. You didn't manage to get out of it. You what kind of journalist me. are you? I'm if not. You... I'm not one. Not <laughs> a very good one. If you are the Wigan player and you are listening, please email him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shirtfootballrambledaily.com. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Good yeah. plug. Uh, yeah. So that was fun. Um, not, definitely, for, not for half. <laughs> definitely gone off the This Girl goal music from Kunz, I believe oh, it is. Oh, that goal music was <laughs> oh so God. repetitive. That was torturous, it wasn't was. it? It was. <laughs> because in the highlights, obviously they're only 240, you just hear that, and then it cuts. And yeah. it's like, oh my God. For the first two goals, they play the whole of it while they're replaying the, the goal. And then after that... Just a little bit. There'll be there'll be whole city players wake, breaking out in a cold oh, sweat. They slept a wink last night. They wouldn't have slept a wink. That'd be like that film Hereditary. Have you seen that? It'd be like that. Awful, <laughs> awful. What an what an experience. It might, it might because it, because they scored so many goals, <laughs> and because the music came after each one of them, it might end up being Pavlovian. Yeah, I was thinking the yeah. same. Imagine that, yeah. So they, they play that music and they just all fall over. Or just <laughs> kick the ball on their own there. <laughs> when crowds come back, that's all they need to do, is just start singing that song. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's so it. Wiggins, Kieran uh, Dowell with the last goal. That was the good one. Beauty. The third of his hat trick. He's never turned low knee, actually. Might be one for Carlo Ancelotti. Hmm. Um, we don't need to identify all of the players in Hull's back line who aren't very good, no, seemingly. They, they, next, they next play Luton, who are below them on goal difference, interestingly, but they both got 45 points. So Hull look like they're looking forward to life in the in the, the lower reaches of the football league. Careful, League One. 
Lower, lower-ish. Lower, yeah. I mean, lower is correct in any sense there, isn't it? I've got If a, you're yeah. going down a league. I've, I've still, I know you've got skin in the game. My heart is still healing savage wounds after that penalty shootout the other week. Oh, did I'm you hear? Sorry. I was the we only, was the only person you. who offered you sympathy. No, I actually, we were polite. I asked Kate and Pete if it was all right to feel sorry for you. Yeah. And they reluctantly yeah, said yes. Yeah, yeah, I heard that, yeah. They said, no, didn't they say that it'd be fine or something? They kind of dismissed it. <laughs> You kind of dismissed it, didn't you? Like, doesn't matter. He's not got real feelings. Like, we can't send him flowers. Not too yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Still healing. I was waiting by the front door. Nothing arrived. <laughs> oh, love. Probably due to COVID. And a little shout out to Neil Warnock, as we already mentioned. Massive win for Middlesbrough. 2-1 against at Reading. 50 points. Looks as though they will stay up, especially as Hull seem pretty keen to go down. All yeah, right. he's done an amazing job. They'll definitely start, won't they now? I mean, because there's too many teams below them, really. I don't know. Yeah. You could... Who could be on the end of a? Anyone could be on the end of a freak eight niller. It's true. That is true. As it's known in the parlance. I wouldn't be surprised if Neil Warnock's three hundred and twenty-five year career has never seen an eight nil defeat. <sighs> I don't have the stats on that. Yeah, he wouldn't have inflicted one either. Because no. Although no. Richard Jolly, the wonderful tweeter, He's very good. Um, uh, produced as this was happening, Hull have as many wins as eight nil defeats in the last six months. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> just gets worse and worse. Now we must move on to the weirdest thing you've been seen you've seen being sold at a football club shop. We put this out on Twitter, didn't we? And we have gleaned some absolute marvels off the back of Andy Brassel's Bayern Munich themed branded paddling pool, which actually I don't have much truck with. I feel uh, as though that's quite a legitimate thing to be buying in your club colours. So I saw that on Instagram and I thought, oh, we should talk about it because I thought that that what I liked about the Bayern Munich paddling pool is it actually quite looks like the, the Allianz Arena. Yes. Oh, you, yeah, 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 yeah. You'd hope so. That's and what they were going but, for, but, surely. But what I'm yeah. saying is, if you've got a, if you are a club that doesn't have that modern stadium, you can't have a paddling pool with no gaps filled in <laughs> the Loftus, corner. Loftus Road paddling pool. Oh, it's leaked again. It's leaked again. This water's going everywhere. So it, they've, they've, they've seen a market opportunity there and I, and, I, and I think it works really well. 50 euros is probably a bit the thick end of, it, of, of affordable for me, probably a bit too much. Mm. But this is where those damn German clubs get you. They're oh, we really cheap season tickets for 50, 50 euros <laughs> for a paddling pool. How yeah. much would you expect to play, pay for an unbranded paddling pool, though? It's a good question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've never bought. I've literally never bought one, no. so I couldn't tell you. I'd have to ask my parents. Yeah, maybe that, well. yeah maybe that. Only parents. Fundamentally, only parents should be buying paddling pools. I think that's fair, isn't it? Yeah. Email in show at footballrambledaily.com. Yeah. <laughs> show at footballrambledaily.com. No, exactly. sir. Absolutely not. Germany are, as in my experience, it's a bit of it's a limited experience, admittedly. Germany are the the, the market leaders in this. Ah. I was at Borussia Dortmund uh, earlier this year, and um, all sorts Borussia Dortmund toasters. Uh, I'm really into that. All sorts of stuff you can buy. It, it's, it's, they are incredibly creative with it, and I think that they vicious onto something. They they get away with that kind of stuff. If that was in the Premier League, people would be moaning about the over-commercialisation of the game in this country. But in Germany, for some reason, it seems kind of more palatable. It seems a bit of fun. Yeah. yeah. Can I, I just mean? clarify something about that? Yeah. Borussia Dortmund toaster. On In the image that we were sent on Twitter, it had um, the logo on the side of the Yeah, it, it prints the logo on the it bread. It doesn't. It does, it does. Does it? Yeah. Oh, I, that's worth paying the money. Well, you say that. I have Little a Spurs cockcrow on your bread? Absolutely. I, I <laughs> Sign a, me up. I have a question about that because I'm very, very picky when it comes to toasters and specifically toast. So I'm a two, point, I'm a two and a half man. Okay. okay. So oh, really, that's so very, very light. So do you know the numbers on a toaster? Yeah. It goes up to five, right? Yeah, but do you know they correspond I go to... three or four. They yeah. correspond to minutes. I oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, I didn't know that. No. So, so I'm a, I'm a kind of two and a half, but on some toasters I'm a three. Yeah. And if you're gonna have the crest on the toast, and surely that needs to be, you know, is that more scorched, that. presumably? Yeah, it, it probably doesn't. It does. It probably does affect the process in some way. And so, like, and I, I, I'd I'll, like to see a see-through toaster. Oh, no, they, they do exist. Do they? They I do exist. Do. That makes perfect sense because yeah. then you know what you're getting. Exactly. Yeah, Why true. not? I'm pretty disappointed because I'm pretty sure that I once did a like a special on this exact topic, and we found a club branded twister. But I I haven't been able to what, dig as in it. The ice lolly. No, as in the game. Oh, the game. Like slightly yeah, sexy you can game. You can definitely get game. <laughs> Is it sexy? Well, I mean, it depends. If you don't mind, you're playing it, it with. It I, be, I mean, to be fair, any board game can be made sexy. If you don't it's not mind, board game. It's a, it's a, it's a floor you can make game. Mono- you can make Monopoly sexy. Sorry, guys. Yeah. It's people crawling over each other yeah. and being in close. I mean, especially in the light of COVID, I suppose it's not that sexy. Is it but un- it could potentially be sexy. Is it unfair of me to say that that's quite a middle class idea of something sexy? <laughs> <laughs> a game of Twister. Middle class people can be sexy, Lee. I know they can. I know. I'm just saying that, that is quite a middle class idea. Like, like, I don't think Monopoly can be made sexy. No, you can naked Monopoly. Yeah, that's just naked. There's money involved. There are transactions. You know, there's jail. It's all there. It's all there. Yeah, it's true. Actually, yeah. Come to my hotel. (laughs) I've just built it. (laughs) Fucking expensive, by the way. But come along. Yeah. True, actually. Good point. You can get club-branded Monopoly. I've definitely seen that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, a few people tweeted in with... Um, my favourite of all this... Now, you know, you can have your Coventry City screen wash all you like. You can have your Leeds United dog poo bag dispenser and couscous separately, hopefully. But the, the absolute winner of this is... Um, and I'm just going to double-check who sent it in. Come on down, Andrew Gillen, who shared with us... Right, and I promise you I'm not making this up. <laughs> An official FC Porto antivirus software. It's great. That is great. That, it's got a picture of Raul on the front of it. That has killed me. It looks like Raul anyway. Is it Raul? It can't be Raul, can it? Have you seen the picture? I haven't, unfortunately. I just I was just imagining it. I mean, imagine basically it's just normal antivirus software with a logo on it. But, but then presumably, like, what they could do is they wouldn't have to be beholden to the team they have now, so they could do, like, a Legends thing, couldn't they? So maybe when you get a pop-up, like, Pepe comes out of nowhere and smashes it yeah. on your screen, yeah, like yeah. that little paper That'd be great. That's a really 90s idea yeah. as well. But I, I just don't know why it looks like there's a picture of Raul on the front of it and he's never played for Porto, so I don't really understand that. He just okay. like pops up and goes, you look like you're battling puffs. <laughs> yeah. Just runs through Give them. viruses the red car. Sergio Ramos comes in and just <laughs> two foots people. Booty. Yeah. Well, Love if it. you have bought the FC Porto virus software, please tweet in and tell us what individual features it has. This is crucial. Antivirus software. <laughs> <laughs> really you went a bit pretty crucial. Patel with counter terrorism. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kate's gone, Vish. We're going to have to fill her. <laughs> oh, that was lovely. Yeah, so thanks for all your tweets. That was excellent stuff. Uh, plenty of football on for you tonight. Four games, in fact. Lovely little subplot to the Newcastle-Tottenham game. Uh, not that Tang Yindomale is apparently injured again. Um, well, he but... played a game, so he's probably sore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Newcastle's takeover has been flung into further danger by the fact that BN Sports, the Qatar-based broadcaster that I know quite well, has been fully banned from Saudi Arabia as of yesterday, meaning that there is no legal way now to watch Premier League football in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. An interesting little subplot for you as you watch that one. Anyway, plenty of games of football for you on tonight. I hope you all enjoy them. Luke, what are you going for? We've got City, Bournemouth, Burnley Wolves, Arsenal, Liverpool or Newcastle, Tottenham. 
Um, I probably will go for Newcastle Tottenham because I have a vague memory of Newcastle already being relegated and beating Spurs near the end of the season about 16-1, <laughs> even though there was some kind of red card. I'm paraphrasing here. So that could be an interesting game to watch. I also find myself, and I do hate myself for this, but I do find myself desperate to hear what Jose Mourinho is going to say next because it just becomes more and more farcical. And, he, and it's pretty easy to accurately predict what he's going to say. And it will always be along the lines of, if I speak, I'm in trouble. He always says that one now. He always says um, that um, something vague and quite cryptic about big players or big decision makers or some kind of idea of a deep state to go a bit to go a bit kind of Donald Trump, a bit a deep state, uh, some kind of pl- always implying but never overtly saying about some kind of plot against him and his team. Mm. And then um, talking about um, you know just general persecution complex themed <laughs> stuff and I, I and I can't get enough of it to be honest he's a man with the Porto antivirus software yeah. maybe Spurs should sell like a, a magic eight ball of hate designed around Mourinho so you yeah. just shake it and see what he's going to come up with next. he walked out the last one didn't he yeah can you hear me Jose no <laughs> I mean I later. think that's a very sensible way of not doing your homework you're yeah. going to that game aren't you Vish uh, no, no, I'm covering it off the TV. Oh, sorry. Yeah, oh, no, no, that's, that's a little glimpse behind the curtain. Well, yeah. Let's don't tell us how the sausage is made, mate. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I'm just going to use whatever pundit says and wrap without, it up. Yeah, without being disrespectful to clearly an excellent professional, <laughs> I mean, covering it off the TV seems to me that something that anyone could do. Yeah, so the reason I'm covering it off the TV is because I am about to drive to Manchester to cover the test match which starts okay. tomorrow. Very nice. And so as a you know, we're all trying to do a bit for the people we work for. We're all trying to do a bit extra, so I thought I'd cover the game, yeah. Well, I'm a actually model really, professional. Yeah, yes. well, that's me, yeah. I'm actually really looking forward to Manchester City Bournemouth because I know Liverpool are the kings of the corridor applause, but after City's <laughs> yeah. victory over Cass, I thought it'd be really cool if, <laughs> if Bournemouth applauded them on and then just like, you know, when you get like a wedge of money and you can like make it rain? <laughs> yeah, it's nice idea. That. So just, uh, you know, well done. You've got over this the, as the underdogs. Here's some... Coin. I think taking into account the the form Bournemouth have been in, Spurs game aside, uh, and seeing what they've witnessed last night p- being possible on the football field with Wigan v Hull, <laughs> I imagine there'll be some kind of post-traumatic stress disorder inv- involved and they will find it very, very difficult to, 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 to compete with what City are going to throw at them. Because City, now the shackles are off, I think this could be five or six. But f- Bournemouth for less than one? Yeah, I know, but that's, 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 have you seen the defending at Leicester? Did you see what Leicester did No, there? I didn't. It was very invisible. Yeah, very well, transparent. Yeah. What, what Leicester have done there is disgrace the sport to which they remember. <laughs> right. And I think we should make that absolutely clear now. Did you take the league title off them? A one swallow, yeah, I would actually. A one swallow does not make a summer when it comes to Eddie Howe. Uh, if you think that that game against Leicester is going to help him tonight, you know you, you better start believing in ghost stories, Miss Mason, because well, you're in one. If you're listening, <laughs> Brandy, um, yeah. Luke says sorry. Yeah. Marcus Speller's already texting us frantically, yeah. getting irritated. Well, Marcus Speller earlier this season very famously said Leicester are on the verge of something, and they certainly are. I'll tell you that. I agree with that. And we're on the verge of something too, which is getting out of here. Yes. Say bye, Luke. It's goodbye from me, and please do send in your ideas for Ramble-branded uh, merchandise, because we could genuinely make some money from them that'll be really good yeah <laughs> please do that say goodbye Bish. uh simply goodbye and if you want to teach me how to swim please email me as well yeah i can teach you how to swim i've been kate mason bye tomorrow we have jules jim and andy for you don't miss them and the kate fish swimming lesson will be a patreon exclusive patreon.com forward slash football round sorry do you want to host next <laughs>
was a Stakhanov production.